there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast, where we're talking to Damien, who learned Bosnian with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, to be able to surprise a friend in the language. Wondering what the Fluent in Three Months Challenge is? It's a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation in a new language. You can learn more at languagehacking.com slash challenge. In our conversation with Damien, we talk about why Damien learned Bosnian, how Damien's language learning changed when he joined the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, learning languages and music to set an example for his kids, the ways languages have created deeper connections for him with his kids, how to stay interested and motivated in your languages, connections between music and language, using scripts to prepare for conversations in another language, and learning with more than one tutor and balancing the right number of lessons. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, we always appreciate hearing from you. You can let us know what you think over at languagehacking.com slash review. And you can also join us on Patreon, where you can get access to bonus questions and extended versions of our episodes. You can learn more about that at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. Now let's get into our conversation with Damien. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 112. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon Kennedy and I'm here as always with Benny Lewis. And today we're talking to Damien who learned a couple languages with us now in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. So let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Why Bosnian? Oh, Bosnian. So that's an interesting question in retrospect. I had a friend over who lives in Bosnia. She's, uh, she was teaching me how to play the flute and we were working together for about two years and became quite good friends. And I, I basically, um, I mean, that's sort of a separate aside as to why I started learning languages generally. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it'd be really nice to, you know, honor the friendship and be able to, um, chat to her in, in her native language. But there was also, I do a bit of free diving also and Croatia is one of the, Amazing places to go diving, and there was, you know, there was diving camps that I had my eyes on in Croatia, also, and obviously Croatia, um, or Croatian, Serbian, Bosnian, Montenegro, and all very, very similar languages. So um, there was a couple of reasons there, but um, but yeah, certainly the idea of uh, having people close to you and learning a language as a surprise for them, um, I found that very highly motivating um, for a short period of time to cram and cram for the for the three months in the program. So that was um, that was quite quite special. Do you have uh, any experience with other languages? Because typically, if somebody goes into something like Bosnian, they would have already done the likes of Spanish and French and other languages. Yeah, so I think um, high school I did French and Italian for the. I mean, you guys talk a lot about doing these years of study and not being able to speak at the end of it. So I did, I did three years of Italian and four years of French. And also in a previous career, I, there was an opportunity to do some, some work in Costa Rica. Um, so to prepare for that, I did about three or four months of Spanish back then, um, in a, in a separate language school. So that was before the internet. Sorry for all the young le- learners out there, but um, there was a time before the internet. So it was a lot more difficult to learn back then. Um, so we're talking 20, 25 years ago now. And 
there was no Duolingo or there was no tools really to go and um, there was no there was, wasn't even meetups where you could go and speak with people. It was just you have to go to this language school and um, the idea back then was minimum of two days or two sessions a week um, and that was about the extent of the immersion in the language back then. And same with school before that, you know, there was you go to class two or three times a week and whatever happens in class and some of the class was vocab and some of it was culture. So actually getting to a speaking level was was challenging in both cases. So how would you say your experience learning with us in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge differed to your experience prior to the challenge? I really loved the structure of the, the three months and the way it was delivered. And obviously the emphasis that you guys have is on becoming conversational, which I think as far as, you know, it's a much better way to reward yourself for the process is seeing yourself being able to speak with someone rather than passing an exam or that type of thing. So having a conversation rather than 85 out of 100 is a lot more rewarding. You can, you can see and feel progress. That in itself you know, has led to forming relationships and friendships with the people that the tutors that are teaching me, which is cool in itself too. So it's, it's a much better way of, of learning. You know, then it's when you start getting into this when the process of getting better and better, it, uh, it creates, um, you know, new uh, motivations like, oh, I want to, I can go and travel again now. I can have a look at doing travel differently and go to different places and try these new skills out. So it creates a whole new world of inspiration and motivation and excitement. So, yeah, definitely focusing on conversation is, is the best way to go, I think. And has language learning been integrated into your family life and has it changed your relationship with your kids in any way? One of the things that um, the reason that I started learning languages was I own a, a quite a large business, um, manage that, and I got to a stage where that's running itself really well. Uh, and I sort of, there was a bit, I, had, I got into a bit of a slump and part of the slump was, you know, loss of purpose and that kind of thing. So I really wanted to challenge myself with something. Um, and part of it was, you know, my, my business we're selling in, we've got staff in four countries and selling in nine countries at the moment. So it's, it's got quite a, a good international, um, you know, footprint. Um, most of my staff are in third, third world places, Pakistan, Philippines, South Africa. I don't know if South Africa's third world, but they're trying hard to get there. Um, sorry to my South African friends. Um, but I'd like to actually expand the footprint of, uh, of our employees to include places like Eastern Europe, South America, and other places in Asia like Vietnam. So part of, um, the creche is a, a great, um, area where we can source resources for technical working web development and app development and things like that. So the Bosnian fits into that. Second language I brought on is Spanish. Part of that because my daughter started learning Spanish also um, at school. Uh, so we can do that together. And, but, you know, I'd love to get into, you know, business in South America too. That would help us a lot with sort of the, the staffing side of things, but also create opportunities for developing our, our services into second languages. I read an article a long time ago that people who have got multiple languages, their brain works better than other people because they're, they're, that's a lot more brain power because we're constantly translating things multiple ways. So we look at an apple and we translate that in three or four, how many languages we've got, and then decide which one to use before we actually use it. Uh, so, so part of me wanting to challenge myself when I got to this stage was like, you know, I gave myself a challenge three languages in two years because um, it's harder than one a year kind of thing. But, you know, the end of result is that as a person, I'm, I'm better and I'm, I can do more. And as part of that, I can be more and achieve more and, you know, create more impact in the world. 
back to your question with that as sort of a, an introduction to why I've gone this path myself. Um, I've always had this thing with my kids that, I'm, you know, they don't listen to what I say, but they watch everything I do. So if I can, I can do these things myself in front of them without pushing them on them and then draw them into it and start having fun with it, they're more likely to do positive things in their life growing up also. Um, and, you know, a good example was with me starting the flute. I started that about three or four years ago. And growing up, you know, I grew up in uh, Melbourne, which is sort of Australia's sports capital. Uh, so I grew up and there was sports in our house and I was one of four boys and one girl. So we had Aussie rules football and cricket and she had netball. Um, but there was no music, there was no arts, there was no painting, there was no dance or performance. Um, and I didn't want that for my kids. So I started playing the flute and now my son plays um, violin and my youngest daughter's just started cello this year. My I've got three kids, so the two eldest have started Japanese at school and my eldest has got Spanish going now too. So, you know, creating these these real positive habits through um, through example for my children is pretty important and I'm, I'm really starting to see how that's impacting their life now without being big bossy mean dad kind of thing. So that's pretty cool too. You had mentioned a moment ago learning Spanish because your daughter was learning it. And I remember in the challenge, you wanted to kind of surprise her with the fact that you were learning it too. Would you say that languages have helped you better connect with your kids? And if so, how? Um, so yeah, that was a Christmas present. I made a nice little video for her in Spanish. So that was a big surprise. So I think some of the little things that help with connection. We're not really having full conversations yet. Uh, she's, I mean, she's in year eight now and uh, her time's pretty much focused on schoolwork mainly and getting there is 13, going on 14 later this year. So she's going through that, exploring independence and exploring having my own opinions and developing uh, friendship groups. So she's, uh, I mean, her focus isn't um, massively on the Spanish, um, but we have a lot of fun you know, sharing our Duolingo experiences um, and I'll ask her questions every now and then in Spanish and she'll say something completely irrelevant and I have to try to work out what she said and why she didn't answer my question um, before she walks off laughing kind of thing. Um, and she she works out what all the naughty words are and tells me what the naughty words are. So um, so that's, that's a lot of fun. But, um, it, yeah, I'm looking forward. So one of the things I want to do with business too is she's getting to the age now where I can start bringing her on business trips and um, she can start exploring the world with me and I want to do that with each of my kids so you know if we uh, we end up do doing business in so I'll start with Pakistan I'll take her out to Pakistan and obviously very different culture there um, a lot more different socioeconomically um, they're Muslim there it's a completely different world to what we have here with that sort of basis too and then we get to explore the Himalayas at the end of the business trip kind of thing so you know at some point in the future being able to take the kids to you know, South America where they speak Spanish, I think that would be quite amazing too. And as a part of the challenge, you've said that uh, variety is something that really helps to keep you interested and to stay motivated. So can you tell us a bit more about how you injected variety into your language learning? I think there's two things. So when I started, there was a very definite... So when I started, I had this idea of three languages in... Um, two years, I wanted to really push myself, challenge myself to do something that's really hard. So that was one motivator. Um, but when I started, I had a really short-term, clear um, incentive, which was very motivating, which was to su surprise my friend. And when I started Spanish, the, the short-term motivator was to surprise my daughter. 
funny, about a week after I surprised my friend, we've had a, a, a bit of a falling out and we're not really friends anymore. So it's um, it was just funny when that happened. That was really interesting too because, you know, I sort of stopped learning Bosnian there for about two or three weeks. I stopped my revision while I processed what happened with that and had to go find other motivation, you know, other motivators, which went back to the, you know, the original one was pushing myself and being bigger and being better and being more. And... Yeah, then it's just finding the the right routines and habits to support that. And it's like chasing any goal after that. It's what's what's the what's the routines, what are the habits that support that? And what I found going through that process is, you know, finding ways to keep the motivation going, finding ways to be resilient through disappointment. And then that um lends to finding resilience through boredom, um, just getting the job done when you don't feel like it and all that kind of stuff too. So it's funny when you talk about variety because you know, one of the things that uh, your program does quite well is gets us to explore um, the tools to use and a range of, you know, variety of tools that we can use to to support the language learning. And I found that when there's too many tools, I found it too scattered and I had to bring it back like to, to like Anki is a brilliant tool for your um, time revision. Um, so that's it. I do Anki every day. Every day I tick it off to back to zero and I probably missed two days for both languages in the last six months. And it's very easy because, you know, you know, one might spend 45 minutes on it or an hour on it a day, but there's that three minutes when I'm waiting for my coffee at the cafe and I'll do three minutes there or 10 minutes when I'm walking to the shops and I'll do 10 minutes there and it just sort of adds up through the day. But, yeah, so I'll, I'll use Spanish. I'm using Duolingo at the moment for Bosnian U-Talk and then there's the iTalki um, learning platform where you have lessons. That's enough. I find if I bring another app in, like I did spend money with, what was it, Memorize, I think, with Spanish also. And I used it at the start, but just got too much. So um, yeah, I went back to Duolingo, which I haven't spent any money on at all. So it's a, it's a good app to, do, to use for that. Um, but yeah, so I think there's, a, there's definitely a, uh, a level where enough ver- uh, variety is enough and you've got to pair it back to what works best for consistency. So you mentioned a few times um, studying music and as a fellow musician, I know that there can be quite a bit of overlap, not necessarily directly, but kind of indirectly between music and language. And so aside from the obvious, like learning a language to connect with one of your music teachers, what are some of the ways that music and language have, have come together for you? Yeah, sure. I think, um, I think there's two ways. One is phonetically. Like, like playing uh, a woodwind instrument. I mean, the flute, you can play the same note and by changing the way your mouth works, you can tune that note completely out of tune or to be completely different notes or to go to a completely different octave without changing your fingering sort of thing. So I think that really helps to, um, like a really good example with Bosnian is there's no A sound. Like in, in English, we have A. The A letter in Bosnian is always R. Uh, and to, to hear those sounds, I think we've got a better ear to to recognise that, maybe. Uh, and the other thing too, I think, is seeing patterns, like all the languages, and I only picked this up probably three, four months into into the language learning, but starting to see these, these real patterns of how the language flows. Uh, so, you know, seeing how a verb and then like, the, the infinitive of the verb and then the doing of the verb and then the noun, it's the same word, but what's the pattern with how they look through the language or 
how the order of words work through the language. So starting to see those patterns, that's really similar with music, seeing the patterns in the sheet music type of thing. And I actually had a really cool experience, um, which is possibly part to do with the music stuff that I do too. And it it was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was just sitting having a coffee waiting for my next appointment or whatever I had to do next. I can't remember what that was. But this old man was sitting um, behind me in the cafe and I don't know whether he was speaking Bosnian or Croatian. I don't think it was Serbian, but it was one of the two. What I could pick up was I could pick up one or two words, but I could actually, I really could hear the flow of the um, the of the conversation. He was on the phone talking to someone. I know, he, I think it was about someone's birthday because I heard Rogan a couple of times, but the flow of the conversation, the flow of the way he's speaking and expressing himself. I, I picked up the language that way without actually necessarily um, you know, understanding exactly what the conversation was about and listening in too much and getting busted for eavesdropping. So I thought that was really cool that it was just that, you know, it was quite lyrical, which is a good experience. And I was sort of speaking to my tutor about it. And I was like, oh, maybe next time I'll be brave enough to go and try to have a conversation with him when he finishes his, uh, his telephone call. Yeah, that's great. And in terms of like... Uh, the actual conversations you had, even though unfortunately afterwards you had that falling out, the actual um, surprise that you wanted to give your friend, that was still something you were working up towards and you were a little nervous as it was happening. And one way you tried to work through those nerves was to try to potentially have uh, some form of a script ready because you knew there were things coming up. So could you tell us a little bit about how, how you used a script to help you to kind of quell those nerves a little bit? Yeah, so the actual surprise uh, I did, I did I did record that. It was a very special, um, special moment. So and I think we both got a, a lot out of it. But So definitely I prepared script for this conversation. And it was quite interesting because I – I practice hard to get the script, like to get the thing lodged into my mind. <laughs> you know, with my tutors on italki, I worked out what the variations of questions that she may ask at the end of it could be and try to have some simple answers around those. And, of course, with all these things that are meaningful, you get to the start line and everything goes out of your head. So you actually forget everything. Um, but I had my notes. I had the actual script written down next to me so I could, you know, glance back and remember where I was and how to, how to say things. And as soon as you got those little cues, you go back into remembering that kind of thing. But, but yes, it's nerve wracking, isn't it? And I was, I was very, very aware of what I was doing. Oh, I forgot what's over there and try to look without being busted looking and very conscious. And uh, when she's, when I spoke to her later, she, she said that she, um, had no idea that I forgot stuff. So while you were studying Bosnian, you had more than one tutor. Can you talk a little bit about why and the strategy behind that? So I had two tutors at that time and currently I've got one. Um, And Spanish, I started with two and got one also. So I started with one and that was one of the structures of, one of the things within your structure was to speak to three different people. The two people um, try to, they instructed differently, so it's good to have different sort of stimulus to learn um, differently. One was female, one was male. That's actually an interesting story. So I started with Kenan, who's male, and my second tutor was Ada, who's female. Um, it could have been the other way, actually. I think I might have started with Ada. But I found out after working with them for, like, three months, four months, that they used to be married so the two people that I picked on iTalkie used to actually be married. Um, they're no longer married, but um, 
But one of the good things too, I think, with having, so you get different types of conversation, obviously a lot of, uh, with not so much English, but with other languages, there's a lot of words that are masculine, feminine. Um, so in conversation, when females talk about themselves and how they feel, they use different words or different conjugations of words than what males do. So it's important to get that kind of flow of the different nuances of the language and different vocab, focus on different things. One of the, I think the important things is just a, what do you call it, a, a admin thing is quite often, particularly I think maybe with the community tutors, they go on holidays or they're not available or they're sick quite a lot. And I found this with Spanish. I think Spanish, I went down to one tutor quite quick. But, you know, when one's away, you still have a flow of learning. Um, that's very rare that everyone's away at the same time. But that's what I had with Spanish. Like over, I actually not ended up not doing the final 15-minute conversation with Spanish. Not so much because I wasn't ready because I think about three weeks later we just got onto a lesson and did converse for the whole 30-minute lesson. Um, but it was more because it was over Christmas that that challenge led you. I think it was New Year's, early New Year's when the actual challenge finished. So doing it over Christmas, no one was around. There was like four weeks where I didn't have a lesson and I didn't have a conversation because of Christmas and she was sick and then I was away or something like that. So the actual, I didn't finish that 15-minute challenge but I just had no one to talk to. So, And you guys followed me up so much and I felt so guilty. I was like, oh, sorry, Shannon. Sorry, Elizabeth. I'm not going to actually get it done this time. But I actually did it three weeks later anyway, just because that's the way that lessons um, flowed. So, yeah, there's a number of good reasons to have multiple tutors. What I found in the end is doing more than one lesson a week is too much of my time. Um, when I, because I try to, everything I do in a lesson, I try to then put into Anki. So I don't revise words with Anki, I revise phrases. But trying to do two lessons for a language get it all into Anchor, do all the revision. They all want to give you homework. I'm a father with three kids also doing the flute and training freediving and I've got a big business I'm running. <laughs> Sometimes it's enough's enough. Yeah, that makes sense. And you have to find ways to fit these things into your routine. And one other thing that you experimented with, I mean, you've already mentioned some of the resources you used and you, you picked, uh, you tested out the likes of Memrise and you decided to settle with Duolingo and Anki. But separate to the resources, you've also experimented with changing your actual study habits. So what did you find when you did this experiment? So one thing I loved and one thing that was revealed to me through going through the process was how much time we waste every day. Like we have so many, I had a name for it when I started, like I think it's called hidden time or lost time or something like that. But there are so many opportunities to do things that we just don't do or go into an automatic mode and just lose the time. And, you know, I, just, I mentioned, you know, waiting for your coffee, you know, but you could, for you, it could be waiting for a bus. Uh, you know, quite often I'll get out and just, you know, if I've been working out and I'm sore, I'll, I'll go for a walk instead of the gym. Um, because I keep wanting, I still want to move during that day. So if I go for a walk, you know, I get all my revision done in that walk. Uh, instead of getting a takeaway coffee and running to the next thing, I'll get a sit-down coffee at a cafe and then I'll do my Duolingo or something like that. You know, in the car, I tend to listen to language podcasts now or just a radio station in a different language to surround myself with it. And I just tune out like we do when the radio's on, but just having the noise around work. So there's all these little moments. Um, funny at the moment I'm, um, my genre of movies that I like is sort of the paranormal kind of horror, but more the, you know, the, um, conjuring style of the movies, you know, the, um, what's on the other side. And I'm, I'm actually watching a, a Russian movie at the moment, which I've got 
dubbed in Spanish so I can hear the Spanish reading the English subtitles. So because and I've been struggling to find an exciting TV series that um that I enjoy. But so now the the, the time I spend with Netflix, it's you know I've, I've listened to a lot of Spanish shows in Netflix. Um, but now I'm listening to Spanish dubbed Russian show with English subtitles, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny. One thing I learned with Netflix was, so I'm learning Spanish with the, the Latin American style of Spanish. And a couple of weeks ago, I was watching two different series. One was Palpatal, which is in English, I think it's called Netflix, the Martart, which was Colombian and Feria, which is a Spanish, um, a Spanish one. I was listening to the two together and very different Spanish. Like with the with the learning I've been doing with Spanish, which is Latin American, I could understand most of what I was hearing with the um, with the Colombian series, but I was relying heavily on the subtitles with the Spanish one. And spoke to my tutor, and she said, "Yeah, she's um, same thing. When she watches Spanish Spanish shows, uh, she puts subtitles on. So that's interesting. But yeah, back to the original question: there are so many opportunities we have every day where we can surround ourselves with you know learning opportunities without actually impacting anything we're doing in the rest of our life. So one of the questions we always like to ask our guests, given that this is the language hacking podcast, is what is your definition of language hacking? Probably what you need to do to align your brain and your brain power and what you have with what your goal is. You're like, you know, fastest track to learning the language. That would be my definition. I like that. And in terms of uh, where do you see yourself going now? What does your language learning future look like? So I'm a year in now, so I think June is when I started. So the question for me is I had that goal of three in two years. What's the third one? And that's I'm, I'm troubled. I don't, I don't know. I've got about six that I want to learn for my third one. So, so I guess with the current ones, I've got Spanish. I've got a work trip to the US in September, so I'll pop across probably to Colombia do some uh, investigations as to the business opportunities there. So that'll be good to, to do that. The first personal holiday that I had that got cancelled because of COVID was a diving trip to Croatia. Um, so that's two years old. Um, so I'd like to go and do that and, and use what I've learned there for that and continue both of those. Spanish is a lot easier. I can see I'm flowing much better the conversation rather than, you know, all the, all the uh, you've done Croatian, haven't you? Shannon, with all the cases and the different formats of words and that kind of stuff, so that's a bit trickier. So, but yeah, I just like to keep going with those. Get to business fluent at some point for both because there's opportunities business wise for both, and that's a pretty high standard. Um, and then I have to choose the next one, and I'm probably due to start the next one. Like June is when I started, so coming up to a year. And if I'm going to hit my goal, I probably need at least nine months of focusing on my third um, language. And my mum's from Holland, so she speaks Dutch. So there's maybe I do Dutch. But a lot of my friends from South Africa, they speak Afrikaans, so that works with the sort of the Dutch too. Every time I travel to France, I've always left thinking, I just I want to learn this language. So it, that's and that's the only place I've travelled to, and I've walked away with that feeling. So maybe it's French. All my team in Pakistan, they speak Urdu, um, which is close to Africa, um, close to Arabic. So Arabic was sort of one of the things that I would have liked to do. So I don't know what the next one's going to be. Urdu maybe because that's what they speak. Um, but I have to pick soon. And I'm sort of leaning towards French at the moment just because of that feeling around it. Yeah. And like you said, you'll focus on it for whatever it is, nine months, and then you will be able to go on to the next one. And that's the the great thing about taking on different projects is you can 
compile one after the other. Yeah, and the tricky, like I was originally going to do Arabic, but um, the real tricky thing about that is obviously the completely different alphabet. Uh, so it's going to be a lot harder for me. I, I wanted, I probably want to do that outside this three and two years goal, so I can um, not feel pressured to do too much. I can really give it a good focus when I do do it. I like it. Well. I I hope we'll see as a part of the challenge as you take on these new languages. And uh, we've loved seeing your progress and what you have done with us. Yeah, great. No, definitely every time I start, I will. Um, next time I might do the, the polyglot one. Yeah. So but, but I love the structure and I love the community and interesting to see the two different vibes with the two challenges that I did. But yeah, so definitely when I'll do the next one, I'll, I'll jump in again. I've got to join the alumni, don't I? We'd love to have you back. Well, we love having people like yourself as a part of the community. Yeah, great. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us uh, today. We've really appreciated it, we, and we hope people find inspiration from it. With, uh, with that being said, I'm going to wish everybody a very happy language learning. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Happy language learning. So at the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guest. And this is something that you can try out in your own language learning and see how it goes for you. So I'm going to start. And I would have to say that my biggest takeaway wasn't necessarily something that he really like concluded, but it's something that I noticed in a lot of his answers. And it's that he tries things out and when they don't work for him, he changes what he's doing. And I think for myself, especially and a lot of other language learners, what we do is we start doing something and we feel like we have to keep doing it, like that we can't change it or that it needs to be that specific system or that specific resource. And so when things aren't working for us, we continue to push through rather than dropping it and finding something else or reevaluating and adjusting. And so I would say that for this week, what I would recommend is taking a look at what you're doing, seeing if there's anything that isn't really working for you in the way that you'd like it to and let it go. How about you, Benny? Yeah, I like that. I also appreciate that he really emphasized something that we true we do try to uh, drill into people, and that's to take advantage of hidden or lost moments in your day, because there are so many. He said there's so many learning opportunities we can take advantage of without impacting our lives. We always think of language study as its own activity that we put time aside and you ideally do have to do that. But there's all these other moments you can sprinkle into your day. And like Damien, I'm a big fan of using Anki whenever I have to wait for a doctor's appointment or anything like that. I just take my phone out and I, even if it's just for five minutes, I've added to my new vocabulary. And then I try to think of the things I do anyway, like maybe watching Netflix or in my case, using TikTok. And I try to do those things in my target language instead. So um, I would remind people listening uh, for their task this week to think, what are the hidden moments in their day that they're doing something in their mother tongue that they could potentially be doing in their target language? It doesn't even have to be that difficult. You can find the time and you can inject your language into your day. So that was my takeaway. Great takeaway. So once again, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, there are two things that you can do. The first is go check out our extended interviews and bonus questions over on Patreon at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. And the second is that you can leave us a review, share what you enjoy most 
about the podcast so that we can keep doing more of it. And of course, we always appreciate hearing from you. And you can do that at languagehacking.com slash review. All of the resources, links, and everything else mentioned in this episode are available to you as a part of the show notes. And until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pasco. with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pascoe, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.